One of my favorite questions to ask new clients is actually, if I could wave a magic wand, what would you want me to do? And I just love to start the conversation of dreaming so big. And my clients know I will continually ask, what else? What else? What else? Because it takes a while. It's almost uncomfortable. I feel like culturally, we don't really know how to dream. And so it takes a while to actually be comfortable saying out loud, like, these are my dreams. And I'm like, no, really, like, pretend I actually have a magic wand. And whatever you say could happen, what would it be? Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. If you have a big audacious dream in your heart, more likely than not, God is the one who put it there. You may think it's selfish or ridiculous, but the truth is that he cares more about that dream than you do because it's part of his grander plan. Going after your dreams and asking God for more can often feel uncomfortable and can have you questioning if it's even possible. That's where confidence comes into play. Author of How Much More and Coach to Creatives, Molly Wilcox believes that God's best for you is better than you think. And all it takes is a little confidence to feel equipped to live the life God has called you to with boldness and bravery. So grab your coffee or tea and cozy in as we talk about how to go to God and pursue your dream with complete confidence. Let's dive in. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for being on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I followed you for a while now, and I love getting your Monday morning emails. Honestly, the topics that you discuss in these emails go straight to my heart. So when I saw that you had a new book coming out titled How Much More, talking about having the confidence and courage to go to the Lord, going after your hopes and your dreams and really your calling, I just had to have you on. So thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, and I love that you're resonating with everything. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. So I'm just going to jump right in. If you could, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about yourself and really your personal story of how you went to God with your how much more and then how it's impacted your life since you've done that. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about it. I basically graduated from a small Christian college. I had an amazing job. I had just gotten married to my husband. We moved to the high Rocky Mountains in Colorado. and Everything about our life seemed so amazing from the Instagram feed perspective, but I still just had this deep longing in my soul and kind of felt unsettled. But then I also wrestled with this almost guilt piece, and I realized I wasn't the only person who felt that way. I felt like almost bad for having this deeper longing in my heart. And a quote that really stood out to me was by John Ortberg that talks about like, what if the real reason 
that we have these longings is because God's not yet finished giving. And so I realized that I had this unlimited neediness, which is kind of what John Ordberg talks about in that quote. And it's really a perfect match for our unlimited God who's just continually generous with us. But at that point, all I felt was that unlimited neediness and just these big dreams and longings, and I did not know what to do with it. So my husband and I were talking with a mentor, and that mentor asked me, what do you want? And I realized I had no idea what my answer to that question was at the time. So, of course, I went back to the Bible, and I realized, you know, Jesus often asked people, what do you want? Particularly when he asked the blind man, what do you want? And obviously, you know, the blind man wanted to be healed. He made the blind man actually voice that and say, you know, I want to be healed to Jesus. And so I was like, wait a minute. If Jesus is asking me, what do you want? I don't have an answer to this question, and I don't know what I would say. So I really went on this journey of discovering what my answer was, looking back at my personality and at the things that I had wanted since like the very beginning of my story, and then learning how to see God's story in that. And eventually, I was learning how to actually go to God and approach Him with these big hopes and dreams with my answer to that question, because I realized when I actually asked for those things, that's when God invited me into a deeper relationship with Him. There was more intimacy, and then also He could transform it or fulfill it. And sometimes it didn't look how I exactly thought it would, but it invited me into this deeper relationship where I suddenly felt this intimacy and connection with God that I realized I had been missing because I was trying to hide this piece of myself. Mm, that's beautiful. So beautiful. So what's been the outcome since then? Yes, such a good question. Honestly, I think a big part of it is identity, which is hard to kind of put a finger on, but it's really been a heart shift for me. So it's been a transition of a posture where before I don't feel like I really had the confidence in being God's daughter. And then I realized as a daughter, that means I go to my father with everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it also meant that I could enter into a conversation vulnerably, just bringing my whole self to God. And so I really try to do that every day. And it's kind of a prayer life practice where I'm just like, okay, God, I'm going to surrender these things to you, even if they feel like maybe something I would be guilty about sharing with a friend even. I'm just going to share this with you, Lord, and see what you have to say about it. See how you want to speak into it and see what you want to do with it. And it's really resulted in a lot of confidence as well, which you can probably even like hear in my voice, right? Because God has just been so kind and so generous because I think like the focus has really shifted outside of myself. And so again, it's like I have this need but God meets it. He meets it every single time. And so it's really cool to be like, we feel like these things are so big and unmanageable, these huge hopes and dreams. But then when we go to God with them, he's so much bigger than that. And to him, they're actually still small. Like they're always still pretty small, which is just like a very kind of a feeling of humility and in confidence, not in myself, but in who God is. And on that note, I do meet so many women who keep their hopes and dreams to themselves. Or honestly, they completely ignore them for whatever reason. They just don't feel comfortable acknowledging the dreams that they have. How do you think that that behavior or keeping it from God really affects their relationship with the Lord? Oh, yeah. This is huge. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about Hannah when she wants a child in 1 Samuel. And I've always loved 1 Samuel, but I think something really beautiful is she has this dream for a child, and there's so much in this story. <laughs> She's one of Elkanah's wives, so he has another wife who actually does have children, so there's a whole other dynamic going on there. But there's this beautiful moment where Hannah actually goes, and she speaks to the Lord about this dream. 
and she has this encounter with him where she's so vulnerable. She's weeping. People witnessing think she's drunk. (laughs) And we see in the word that her spirit is completely transformed. So we read that she is deeply troubled when she goes into this conversation with God. But when she leaves, her face is no longer downcast. And I think that's just such a beautiful picture of what happens when we go to God with these deep longings. And we say, like, this is it. Like, I'm deeply troubled about this, God. Like, I'm crying so much that I look like I'm drunk to other people. Like there's an emotional response happening here. But then we can walk away with God meeting us in this spiritual way that really no words can really capture where your face is lifted up and you're no longer downcast because you're just confident in who God is. And then it's also beautiful because we know the whole story. She ends up having a child and it's part of such a big, big picture because her child is the prophet Samuel. And so it's just really interesting how when we actually go to God with those things that maybe we're tempted to silence, he can take them and say, wait a minute, like I always wonder, was God just sitting up there like waiting for Hannah to say she wanted a child for him to be like, hey, I need a prophet. Like, let's do this together. And so that's kind of how I read that story a little bit. And so I think in that interaction with God, we go into the conversation and we say, this is what I really want. And God's like, wait a minute, I have a need for that. And this is what we're going to do. And it ends up being bigger than we ever even imagined. Wow. And imagine if Hannah didn't ask. You know, we don't know the outcome of what that story would be. But if she didn't ask and the outcome was to be that she wouldn't get the baby, you know, you never know where the Lord is waiting, like what he's waiting for you to do for that next step. Yeah. I think sometimes we think we're being humble, especially as women. I think we're being humble. Like it seems like we're being humble, right? Like we're like, oh, we're just being humble, keeping our dreams quiet and keeping them to ourselves. But really it's selfish. And I think it's selfish because it's robbing the people around you in your community of something that God could do. And it's, you know, it's robbing like the bigger kingdom picture. If you have a gift, like please share it with us, you know, like if you have something that you're longing for, like please go to God with it because it might impact me. It might be a part of a way bigger thing than you even know. So yeah, I'm always just like, wait a minute. It's not humble to be quiet. (laughs) It's actually selfish and you need to go and actually vocalize that to the Lord and see what he does. Yeah. Allow him to partner with you. Allow him to work through you, do things for you, through you and for you and for others because he's waiting for that. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about, and I loved how you had phrased this, unlimited neediness, which I just, I don't know, I've never heard that phrase before. So I I love that phrase. And it reminded me of, you know, the Bible talks about having faith like a child. And in your book, you really make a great comparison of that, about how that really applies to our hopes and our dreams. Because as we grow up, we honestly kind of often grow out of our dreams. And there's some dreams that we're okay growing out of. Like I wanted to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader at one point (laughs) in my young life. And I'm very glad that I grew out of that. So (laughs) some of those dreams can go away, but other ones, you know, we grow out of because we end up picking careers based on salary, practicality, even titles or clout. And as you say in the book, and I want to read this, is sometimes we even silence and push down those dreams in our hearts because of the voices of realism, or even worse, what other people think we should do. We start to put the power in the hands of practicality or realism and dismiss the dreams that God may have placed there for a purpose. So what do you say to the woman who is afraid of what other people will think or really fearful of the potential bad outcomes that could happen if she followed the Lord in that path he has for her? 
(laughs) I think first I would just say shift your focus because I think if your focus is on what other people think, you're never going to feel like you're walking in your purpose because other people are always going to have a differing opinion and people will have opinions based on their own experiences, based on their own faith or lack of faith. And a lot of that judgment is it's really rooted in fear, right? And I, you know, perfect love casts out fear. And so if we're making decisions based on fear, I always personally always take that as kind of a little red flag in my mind. If I'm like, oh, I'm afraid to do this, then I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) why am I letting fear have a voice here? And why am I afraid? And in the book, I talk about the passage where David goes in with the Ark of the Covenant and he's in the presence of God and he's dancing and he's rejoicing and he's, you know, just really not acting like a king (laughs) because he's just so overwhelmed with how beautiful and how wonderful it is to be in the presence of God. And so Michael is watching from a window and it says, I believe it says that she despises him in her heart. And so it's interesting because she has this judgment, but he's in joy. He is just completely joy-filled. And so I feel like if someone listening is thinking, what will other people think? Well, (laughs) maybe they'll despise you in their heart. Maybe they'll be watching from the window judging you. But as long as you're in the presence of the Lord and you're doing what God is calling you to do, no matter what it looks like to other people, like that is the point. So (laughs) just keep doing what God is calling you to do. Your job is the obedience and God will take care of the rest. That's so good. So good. Because people have opinions. They always have opinions. And even those closest to you have opinions. And I think that may be one of the hardest things as humans is to know 100% in your heart that the Lord is guiding you and have confidence in that. And then that outside world kind of gets at you. Even your closest people. It could be your husband. It could be your mom. It could be your best friend. And to be able to have the confidence and know that the Lord is speaking to you and really move forward with it when those who have always been your sounding board are saying something different than what you believe you should do. Right. And I think that's where it becomes the most difficult because we almost feel like we have to explain God and justify what we're doing to other people around us. But really, it's just obedience. And I think we overcomplicate it, but it's just simply obeying God. And as long as you know that what you're doing is glorifying to God and you're in His presence, then just keep doing that. Yeah, I agree. And I will say that when you are obedient to God, He will show up. And so in the case of my husband, he Prior to us getting married and as we've been working in our six years of marriage, you know, at first when I would have these obedience steps that I would need to make, he'd be very hesitant about them. But God just started showing up over and over and over again. And now when I have those, he doesn't even question it. Like he barely flinches because he has seen God do works in me and through me and has shown up time and time again that now he's like, okay, if you are 100% about this, like I believe in you and I believe in our Lord. And so I think taking that first step is probably the hardest, but as you continue to do that, I think you build the confidence in yourself, confidence in the Lord, and then people start building confidence in the Lord as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a beautiful testimony to the Lord when we're able to show other people, like I took this risk and God showed up. He stepped in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So you mentioned this before, that God's dreams are way bigger than ours. Like just like these, we think our big dream is big. It's just a tiny little dot, (laughs) you know, it's not that big. He can do things like more than we could ever imagine. Yet sometimes we honestly feel inappropriate, and you'd mentioned this as well, to go to him with what seems crazy to us, but is really entirely achievable for God. Why should you go confidently and boldly to him with an open heart? Yeah, I think honestly, to me, it's getting back to the garden. So I think about Adam and Eve and when they chose to hide from God, I feel like we tend to do that in our prayer lives and with our desires and with our longings. And we're like, oh, let me just try and hide from God. But I feel like we can get back into this life where we're actually connected with God on a deeper level when we're able to say, wait a minute, no, like he tore the veil. And so we can go to him with everything. And, you know, to me, that's why Christianity is so compelling too, because Jesus is literally seated at the right hand of the father and, you know, interceding for us. And so Every time we go to God, it's like Jesus is our intercessor and we have the Holy Spirit. So there's just this beautiful thing that Christianity does that no other religion is even close to where we have full access to the creator of the world. Like that is just so wild. And so I feel like if we're not going to God confidently and boldly, it's almost a disservice to what he has done for us. And so I feel like it's our response and our duty to enter into the full relationship that we can have with him while we're on earth and really pursue that full communion as much as we can. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So I'm thinking about what you said earlier about the the blind man <laughs> yeah. and how, you know, God wanted specific answers from people. So, you know, he knows or Jesus knew exactly what people wanted. You know, he knew that the man was blind, but he asked of him to have a specific answer back to him, you know, saying, what do you want? And then those who replied or who replied with what they wanted were healed in those specific answers. So how specific should we really be, you know, in our prayers to the Lord? And really what should the posture of our heart be? Because you mention in the book that there's a difference between begging And having like a posture and a position of unbelief and then asking with confidence, with faith of like who God really is. Yeah, I feel like it's so important to be super, super specific. And going back to even what you shared about your husband, I think it blesses more people when we're able to glorify God. Well, he glorifies himself really with giving us the specific answer. So to give you an example, my husband and I just went on a little vacation to go back to his hometown and see his family. And right before we left, I hadn't received my author copy of the book yet. So I hadn't seen my book yet. And I was getting a little bit anxious because I was like, man, with marketing and all the stuff I have going on, I really need this book to come before we get on the plane. And it felt urgent to me because I'm in Tennessee and there are so many thunderstorms and we don't have a covered porch. So I was like, man, if my book, my first ever book that I've ever written is just drenched in rain on my front porch, I'm going to be so disappointed. And so that morning I was like, ironically, the book is about praying specific prayers. So I'm going to go ahead and throw a couple up there. So I was like, Lord, like, please let the book come before our flight today. And 
literally I had not heard a word from the publisher, so I didn't even know if it had shipped. But that day I watched the UPS man walk on up to my front porch with a book-sized package and there he was. And so I got the book that day. And to me, it was just like a little miracle. And it was a moment where God got to prove his faithfulness to me and to show me again, Molly, I hear you. And so I feel like God gets to show up for us when we ask for those specific things. To take that same example, if I had just prayed like, Lord, let it all work out well, I wouldn't have known whether or not God answered my prayer. And so I think one of the reasons why I advocate for specific prayers is because I've, I just pray like, Lord, let everything work out the way it's supposed to. I won't know whether or not God moved. But if I say, God, please let this package come today before I get on the plane, and then it does, I'm telling all my friends. I'm posting it on Instagram. I'm saying, oh my goodness, God showed up for me, and this is specifically how this is what I asked for, and he did it. So I think it becomes you know, an opportunity to witness to the world around you, and it gives God a chance to show up for you. And then the second part of your question with the posture of your heart, it's rooted in trust. So we actually have to believe that God hears every prayer and that he can answer it. Not necessarily that he will because, you know, we can't force God to do anything, but we just have to know that he hears every prayer. So even if the book didn't show up that day and it didn't happen my way, it would have been okay. Just meant that God's way was better and he had better timing for it. But when it did, it was just such a blessing to me. And then I got to share that with the community around me. Creating the opportunity to have those amazing testimonies. That's so good. So good. So for the women who feel confident, so say, you know, they are confidently really have gone before the Lord and he has started to open doors and maybe he really hasn't opened doors, but they have the sense of confidence. How do you remain confident? Because as we were talking about before this call, um, just because there's other parts of your book that talk about, you know, when you're in the path and the confidence starting to go, how do you really remain confident to follow the path and really what he continues to lay out for you because he's going to give it to you. Sometimes he gives you the big dreams, other times, you know, and he can shows you like the whole map and other times he just gives you like the little nuggets and the little pieces of popcorn that you have to follow. So how do you remain confident when the going really gets tough? Oh, yes. I feel like having an answer to the question, what do you want is the first step, right? And so the girl that you're talking about probably has an answer to that. And she's like, I do know what I want and I'm going to God and I'm asking it. Then the second question is, well, are you asking God, like, what do you want God? And like listening and abiding because I feel like first you have this trusting relationship with God where you're like, okay, God, what do you want? And then next you're like, okay, but what do you want, God? And how can I partner with you? And what are you doing right now? And how are you moving? Is there something I'm not seeing? And, you know, the book is about how God is just wildly generous with us, which we've talked about so many times. So our dreams are often too small. So when you're on that path, you might watch God kind of recalibrate and just adjust and adjust and adjust because sometimes we're just not getting it. To use a personal example, again, I have always dreamt of writing books and I have my first book coming out. I'm only 26. And so when that all came to me, I felt the Lord just say, you're just not dreaming big enough yet. Like this is just, this can't be it because it's just, it's too easy. You know, it's just too easy for him. And so I had this kind of moment from the Lord where I was thinking about the passage where 
Jesus asks the disciples in the morning to cast their nets on the other side. First, they're not, they're not getting anything. And then when they switch to the other side, they're getting abundance. And so I think sometimes in those moments when you're confidently going to the Lord already and you're like, okay, God, now what? I think he's often like, hey, cast your net on the other side because there's something even better. There's something even bigger. And that's when Jesus enters in, that's where the abundance really is. And so for me, I transitioned into becoming a writing coach and actually helping other people create more kingdom messages. I have tons of crazy dreams about owning a publishing company someday and all these things. And I know that they're just small. They're just so small for God. And so I'm constantly asking God, okay, God, here's my desire, but what do you want? What do you want to do? What's next? What's bigger? What's what's the next thing you want to do that's going to make kind of a ripple effect? And I talk about that in the book as well, about creating a culture of shared miracles. And so I think that's the next thing for that girl too, is you're confidently going before the Lord. So share your story, share your miracles, and let other people have that confidence and see those open doors and invite other people into that conversation and see how you can kind of bless each other and really grab hands, even like we're doing right now. Yeah, 100%. You need that community to do that. And what I'm hearing you say is really have that openness to change. And I think that's something that I've been dealing with too, with Faith and Gather. So started out almost two years ago with a certain vision that was so clear from the Lord, so clear. And he just kept dropping things in my lap. And, you know, it was just, it had to be from him because I am just not that smart. You know, it just (laughs) had to be from him. And then there was a moment, and I wouldn't say a moment, it was a very long time where it just, it felt like I was going against a wall and kind of just like kept hitting my head and I couldn't get past of like, okay, Lord, where are you? Where, Where are these next steps? And it took months and months of that. And so that was like part of that path that was really hard because he wasn't downloading anything, but he, now looking back, he was working on me in different areas and preparing my heart for what he was going to download on me. And so, you know, Faith and Gather had this idea of speaking to every area of a woman's life because I really wanted, you know, women wear so many different hats. And so I wanted to speak to every area of the woman's life. And um, just in this past like six months or so, the Lord has really been putting it on my heart to switch the focus. And so that's what I'm doing right now. If you look at the website and the now the podcast direction, it's really to help women live less stressed, more joy-filled lives by living in bold faith and walking in obedience to their calling and then being able to do that while juggling all of the roles that they have in life. And it feels so good to like say that now, but it took months of God preparing me, months of God like bringing it to me and having conversations with people like that community you were talking about. And so I think when people think, you know, having confidence in the Lord, there's going to be times where it, you feel a little dry as in your relationship with the Lord sometimes can feel we have these hills and valleys and we think that we're not hearing from him, but he's, it's in those times where he's really preparing us to give us those dreams and desires that we really have. We just need to, we need to learn and grow a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. I totally agree. I think it really continually just comes back to trust and I always go back to like, God heard you. He heard you the very first time you whispered that thing out into the world, you know, because the word says that he hears us. So he hears us. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's for a reason. And so it's just that trusting relationship of showing up and being with him every day, even if it doesn't look exactly how we thought it would. And like you said, it usually is not a direct path. And sometimes it might be clear to us which way it's going. And sometimes not so much, but 
when you have trust in the one who you're following and you know that his plans for you are so much better than yours and he is so infinitely generous, then you can confidently go in that direction because you're just like, okay, even if this doesn't look exactly how I thought it would, I know it's going to be better and like really better, like not cliche better, but like really, really better, you know? Especially if you've given him opportunity to build that confidence before. Right. And that's why I think it starts with those small, specific prayers, because every single time it's just an opportunity for God to show up and for us to just have increased faith. At the beginning of the episode, you had mentioned that if God came to you asking, what do you want? You needed to really understand that and, and make that clear to be specific when he comes to you, like, what do you want? And if you don't know what your hopes and dreams desires are, you really need to be intentional about finding those out. And I'm actually coaching a few women through my stressed to joy program. And I honestly, I spend several lessons trying to hit home on trying to figure out like, who did God create you to be? You know, what did he place in your heart? What are those things that you have, those desires and really like get them out and start rekindling that passion for things that you may have been stuffing for years. And I know that you do kind of the same thing with creative women. You had mentioned that you do, you know, writing, coaching. And so I would love for you to talk about how you coach the women and really get them to get on board with their hopes and dreams and have confidence in them and go to the Lord. And then um, after doing that, if you could let them know and me as well, how to connect with you if interested in working with you or just following you on any of the social platforms. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite questions to ask new clients is actually, if I could wave a magic wand, what would you want me to do? And I just love to start the conversation of dreaming so big. And my clients know I will continually ask, what else? What else? What else? Because it takes a while. It's almost uncomfortable. I feel like culturally, we don't really know how to dream. And so it takes a while to actually be comfortable saying out loud, like, these are my dreams. And I'm like, no, really, like, pretend I actually have a magic wand. And whatever you say could happen, what would it be? And after a couple rounds of what else, what else, what else, we'll get to something big. And then I like to work backwards and say, okay, so practically, what would it take to really do this? And it's so crazy because by the end of every coaching call I do, I try to have like a very manageable step that someone can take. And sometimes it's really small. Like if someone was trying to write a book, it might literally be opening a new document and putting the title book on the document even if we don't know what the book is about yet, but just making a commitment to yourself and to the Lord, like this is something, like I'm drawing a line in the sand, this is something that's gonna happen. Or maybe it's starting to actually call yourself a writer and to identify with that or identify with another creative gift God has given you and actually like tell someone about it. Things like that are really, they're small baby steps, but I really believe God can do so much with those faithful steps of obedience. So a lot of what I do is listen and try and help pull people into a mindset of dreaming and then doing, because I think there's there's this balance of dreaming with the Lord and then actually taking practical steps to do that. So yeah, so that's kind of how I do things. I do 15-minute free discovery calls always. And so anyone who's interested can find me on my website. It's mrsmollywilcox.com. And you can book a discovery call that way. And then all of my social media is Mrs. Molly Wilcox. So I like to keep it easy. (laughs) 
And then tell us about your book. Yeah. Because that's the super exciting part here. And not that all that other stuff wasn't either, but this is huge. This was your crazy dream going to the Lord and it's here. So I want to hear about it. Yeah, it's so sweet. It's a fun book because this was my big dream and the book is about following God in your big dreams. And so hopefully it's a testimony just to anyone um, reading it, but it's called How Much More with a Question Mark. It's available anywhere books are sold, Amazon. It's available for pre-order right now and then it'll release on August 23rd. Fantastic. And this episode will air after that. So it'll be available right now when you are listening. Perfect. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So joy is something that I really love to focus on. That's something that I'm really trying to put into my life more and with the women that I work with, focusing on how can you bring joy into your life, joy with Jesus into your life. And you talk a lot about that in your book. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it was everywhere kind of scattered throughout (laughs) your book. And I love that every time I read that, I was just so lit up by it. So before we close out, I really want to know what brought you joy today? Uh so many things. One thing that was super fun is I actually had brunch with a neighbor and a friend, an old college friend, and they, they're at the same church and I just put that together. So it was a fun little God connection. And so we went and got brunch and coffee and that definitely brought me joy. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Yeah. It's always those simple little things. I feel, you know, you've got the big things like releasing a book. That's fantastic. But yeah, just that time with a delicious cup of coffee and some good conversation can just spark so much joy and do so much for the soul. So thank you for sharing. Appreciate (laughs) that. And thank you for being on the podcast, saying yes, and just sharing about your book and how to boldly and confidently go after your dreams and have the confidence and trust in the Lord to, to make it happen. So thank you so much, Molly. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. So are you more confident about approaching God with your big and small specific asks? I admit that I'm guilty of going to the Lord with a timid ask now and then. But this episode has me ready to approach Him with boldness and confidence, asking Him to do more in and through me. And I hope you feel the same. So be unapologetically brave and email me at erica at faithandgather.com and tell me about when God shows up for you big. Because he will. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.